Welcome to Cellmate, the podcast where we uh, t- uh, take two animated movies, uh-huh. compare, contrast, and put them into a Venn diagram oh. for fun. That's cool. I'm Dick Ward. I'm Kate Phillips. Hey, Kate Phillips. How are you? Great. Thank you. This intro does it. go faster if we tag team it because I feel like it's a lot of pressure to remember all of that and like keep energy up for the beginning of the show. Yeah. Do you want to just try this again? No. Oh God! So this is a podcast where we uh, wait. Already we already said, said, that. said that part. The movies we do, yep, are often Disney. Often, not always. Often musicals, but not always. Often good, but not always. Today's this a is, fun one. This is great. No, this is. See, here's what I think. Yeah, uh, Dick, in the in, to honor the movies we're doing today. Yeah, I think we don't take out any mistakes. We just kind of, <laughs> we just kind of give them our first draft, and you know this is fine. But I, but I put like a real digital sheen on this audio somehow. Yeah, like if you can see some like human hands and feet, yeah. not a problem. Okay, uh, so people, people, I assume. Oh, wait, Dick! What? What? Happy continued cat meowth. <laughs> happy continued cat meowth. Kate Phillips. You cool cats and kittens. Yeah. People, which, people are, I, I assume, that have downloaded this episode that are about to play it mm-hmm. have looked at the title. I, I don't know how you do yeah. it without. I, I, some people. I guess it can like autoplay if you're finishing a different episode. So you probably know what movies we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And we're very excited to yeah, talk about them. We are. Because we have strong feelings about both of these movies. Very strong opinions. Um, but Kate. Uh huh. What are you drinking? Well. Uh, cool cat and kitten. Yeah, I'll get that in because it's like it's past its prime. How many, of how many times relatability. are we gonna get that in? That's it, just okay. two. I'm gonna get one more. I'm just saying we didn't mention Tiger King at all last Cat Meowth episode. Did we not? Where it would have been more relevant because people aren't over it. The pop culture cycle goes very quickly in quarantine. Yeah, so like, now everyone's like kind of past Tiger King yeah. and being like. Well, it's a little, it's a little problematic. It's a little because well, it is. I was like, okay, yeah, but yeah. Let, let us just enjoy it for a little bit. <laughs> let us enjoy the Tiger King. Well, Dick, I am drinking. Um, uh, I, what am I drinking? Well, that's what are a we great... drinking? Because I, I do not know. Because uh, you know, looking at it, you can't really tell what it is. Yeah, it is uh, something I'm calling Ghost Shandy. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is Ghost Brewery uh, Northeast IPA. With ginger ale, it's really just soda stream water and ginger syrup. But that's yeah. what ginger ale is, too. This baby could have used more ginger syrup. So that's interesting. I thought that the ginger syrup was a little bit too strong. Oh, maybe that's what it. it is. Yeah. It we can little... we, there is a little bit more beer to add to it. You know what? Wanna... It's, it's fine. It's, uh, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, so, you know, ghost, because, you know, sometimes when you look up at the sky... Yeah. Um, you could see a ghost. Yeah. And sometimes you're sometimes like, you're like you look, can't. You, you may have you may be in a bad place right now, but at least you had a really good life at some point. And you had beautiful beautiful ghosts. Ghosts. Yeah. That looked like ghosts and not just clouds with dots lighting up in right. it. That's correct. Also, we're mixing two things together that probably probably shouldn't be mixed. Probably ill advised, no. but we're doing it anyway. Yes. Um, and we're doing it all the way 
We are not doubting ourselves. That's We're just right. going just for going it. Just going for it and not fixing anything in it. Yes. Or trying to fix too many things. What we wanted to do yeah. if we were able to go out and about for quarantine is, Dick, oh, yeah. you found a beer a couple weeks ago and we knew we were going to do this oh, episode. Oh my God. We what was it called? We didn't know we'd be locked down, right. so I didn't get it. It's called Scary Movie Lion. I think Fear Movie Lion. Fear Movie, something yeah. like that. It's yeah. brilliant. It's exactly what we need because today we are talking mm. about Lion King 2019 mm-hmm. and Cats 2019. Uh-huh. Uh, who, who knew 2019 was going to be such a big year for terrifying movie lions. cinematic cats? Well, so... Kate, Cats? That's a movie starring real people. And Lion King is a live action remake. How are these at all animated movies? Digital fur technology. Yeah. We'll get in, we'll get more into that (laughs) later. These are both, so Lion King 2019, Disney calls an animated movie. And it it is except for one shot. Yeah. One shot in the circle of life um, is landscape, like real landscape, but... All the characters in it are digital. All the landscapes are digital. Um, And so Cats is a little bit of a departure from our normal podcast format. Well, I'd say it's closer to like Roger Rabbit, Mm -mm. but it's more animated than Roger Rabbit. I disagree. The sets are real. I disagree that it's like Roger Rabbit. And half green screen. It's like Dinosaur. Mm. Dinosaur had real backgrounds. Yeah. With animated characters over them. This is fair. This yeah. is fair, yeah. It's it's not a departure at all. Yeah, all it's right. It's all digital characters over a real background. Yeah. Dinosaur did this. Yeah, except for Judy Dench's hands. Except for Judy Dench's hands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, the, these movies have to be done together uh, for the digital fur technology. They are uh, remakes, or I think the better term is misunderstandings yeah. of uh, existing titles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Lion King being an animated movie that came out in 1994 yeah. and Cats being a Broadway musical from 81. And what year is that stage production film? Does that I like... I want to say... 88 80, or 98? I want to say 88. Yeah. It looks nice, but it looks 80s I mean, so Cats forever is stuck in Kate, the 1980s. Yeah, Cats, is, Cats is what it is. So, Kate, <laughs> let's, let's start with Cats. Mm. Um do do you want to give the plot of Cats, or do you want to give the, the two minutes of Lion King? The what of Cats? The two minutes of Cats, or the two minutes of Lion King? I'll do Cats. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, what is your experience, your history with Cats the musical? Yeah. And then this movie, Cats. Yeah. Um, so, I, being a musical theater person, I was aware of Cats yeah. early on, Um pretty repulsed by it um <laughs> i refuse so, to see say, any version say more of it. why why repulsed? so cats is famously a musical without a plot mm-hmm. it is based on a poetry anthology by t.s Eliot, just mm-hmm. about a bunch of cats with goofy names um and andrew lloyd weber decided to make it into a musical yeah. i think musical is a generous term uh for this kind of review yeah, and I, I've pushed back on you a lot when you say something is not a musical, eh. um, but a musical to me is a like a stage production or, or, or mm-hmm. like a movie production where there is a plot ongoing and there is singing. There is, yeah. Uh-huh. And this, like uh, the stage production is absolutely not a musical because there's not an 
there's not a through line. There's no. not really an ongoing It's all singing. It's, but... it's characters kind of introducing themselves. It's it's more like a character cabaret yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, that's not to say... Where everyone is on stage the whole time. And that's that's not a judgment of it. If you love Cats, um, if you love Cats or the 2019 Lion King, you might have a rough listen of this. Oh, we were going to set Dick. Here's... No, after, after intros. We're going to... Okay. Right. Um, so... Uh, yeah, but it's not, it's not really a musical. Right. Um, but anyway, uh, so I refused to see it because my mom had seen it and fell asleep during it. Mm. Um, and like my mom likes musicals and is a sane person, but she couldn't understand it. So I did. So I largely ignored Cats. Yeah. Um, the most familiar I was with it up until seeing this movie was, uh, the, parodies in the Pinky and the Brain episode, Broadway Malady, uh-huh. where um, Pinky and the Brain create Mice the Musical, but then Pinky, it takes off, and there's a lovely Jellicle Cats and Memory uh, yeah. spoof in it. And that's like, I, I, I still can't totally sing the melody to Memory, but I can sing the Pinky version. Does does Brain make Rent? Is, am I remembering oh, that Bra- Brain makes Angst, yeah, the musical. So so kind of rent, but it it is worse. Yeah. Like, um, and I think that might only be like a year or two after rent, so it might be too close to nice. truly parody. Job, anyway, um, and then my high school did it after I left, and that um, I guess people had a good time doing it. But my brother uh, worked on the like stage crew and also doesn't really care for cats, yeah. so it didn't convince everyone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, seeing it, so I saw it in the theaters. The, like, you saw the movie in the movie theaters. The movie in the theaters, right. like a couple days after it came out, mm-hmm. and I saw it with you and my brother. Was it any particular day? It was, was it Christmas Day, sir? It was the day after Christmas. It was the day after Christmas, yeah. sir. Um, and what, what, what an experience. Yeah. What a ride. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you you think when something comes out that has the kind of reviews that Cats had at the beginning, you're like, well, it can't be that fun the whole time, like that right. awesomely bad the whole time. It is. Yeah. And we've now watched it two times, started yeah, two ta- a third, but abandoned it. Well, yeah. We, Tom Hooper was boring. But that's that's commentary. So we've watched yeah. it two times. We watched it two times yeah. and delightful the whole Enjoyed it both times. It is terrible it's a terrible movie in my estimation yeah but it's so fun to watch yeah so there there you go dick what about you uh so i had a little more knowledge of cats uh the musical um my uh, grandmother was a big weber fan so she had like a best of weber Mm. cd and i think she had cats um on cd and and like phantom and stuff like that uh so i knew a lot of the songs going into it i knew the overture really well. Mm-hmm. I knew um, Mr. Mistopheles really mm-hmm. well because I think that was on the Best of mm-hmm. Weber CD that that we had, and of course I knew Memories um, or Memory, Memory, right? Memory. Singular yeah. Memory. Okay. Um, and I had never seen Cats, but I'd I'd heard of it, and of course, um, I'd seen like the Kimmy Schmidt. Mm. episode mm. um which posits that cats doesn't exist and was just made up on the spot it's just a 30-year improv um, experiment which is a great a great episode uh, even if you aren't 
even if you haven't watched any of Kimmy Schmidt before, mm-hmm. uh, but you want to appreciate like some in theater jokes and a really fun reveal. Um, and Norm Lewis. And Norm Lewis, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's really, really a great episode. Um, but uh, yeah, I hadn't seen the show until. I mean, I still haven't seen the show, but I, yeah. we saw the movie in the theater. Mm-hmm. Yes. Kate, do you want to set a cookie timer? So normally at this time we explain the plot of a movie. I, I'll just I kind think, of walk us through. I think you are being unfair. <laughs> this movie has... The, it so, does have more of a plot than yeah, the stage the version. Yeah, sta- the stage version has almost no through line or plot. Right. This absolutely has a plot. Uh, you can judge that plot, but mm-hmm. it has one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here I go. Two minutes. Go. Uh, are you blind when you're born? Can you see in the dark? Uh, if you can, then you're Jellico Cat. There's a lot of things that Jellico Cats can do, and it's really unclear. Anyway, this white cat, Victoria, gets tossed into uh, Jellico Cat land, London, and basically the cats introduce themselves one cat at a time, and then you find out it's because they are auditioning for Judy Dench Cat, Old Deuteronomy, to go to the heavy side layer as... One of their nine lives, or as like the tenth life, it's kind of unclear. So you meet a uh, Gumby cat, you meet a uh, Buster for Jones cat, you meet uh, some twins who cause some trouble, and you meet uh, Grizabella, who's kind of the through line cat. Just gonna leave out Jason well, Marula. Hold on, it, there's a lot of cats, so you can't mention them all in two minutes. Grizabella was a glamour cat, but she, um, you know, dealt with Macavity, the evil cat, too much. Um, And so she kind of ended up out on the streets and shunned by the cat community. Meanwhile, Macavity also wants to go to the heavyside lair. So he has been catnapping cats after their performances because he's a magical cat. Uh, and he makes him go to this ship with Growl Tiger, and so a bunch of cats end up there. And then he comes uh, after Skimbleshanks, uh, troll, 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 poof, into the sky. Uh, he comes and he uh, kidnaps Old Deuteronomy, and then Mr. Mistopheles, the actual magic cat, but who could do music le- or do magic less than Macavity, uh, has to try to get her back. And after like a bunch of times of singing his songs, he does it. And uh, Old Deuteronomy grants the grants Grizabella heavy side layer winner is her jellical choice because she sings a really great song, like truly great. And Macavity tries to catch her uh, hot air balloon chandelier as she goes for the heavy side layer, but doesn't and falls. And then Judy Dench talks to us for like 15 minutes about how a cat is not a dog. And then it's done. Uh, Kate, for claiming that that show had no plot, you didn't get it in in two minutes. Well, I did. No, the alarm went off. What, uh, no, for huh? complaining that that show had no plot. Are you, you telling me Judy Dench's 15-minute speech at the end is part of the plot of Cats? It sounds like you thought it was part of the plot of Cats. <laughs> so, I mean, but it, it, really, it really is a simple plot. Uh-huh. It is a bunch of cats want to win a contest. Mm-hmm. There's a bad cat that is kidnapping them mm-hmm. i don't like catnapping i i don't I, well, I don't accept that as a joke and so what's new so <laughs> some of the things you're talking about are not in the musical like Most, mccavity think, doesn't kidnap cats right he the, just has a song at the end the only thing that seems to happen in the musical is that um mr mistopheles conjures up old deuteronomy but where was old deuteronomy old deuteronomy i don't know because 
he comes out before. Old Dude might be missing at that point Is or he something. Kidnapped by McCavity? No. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, by the way, uh, if you had a hard time following that, uh, let's just say some names of cats. Uh, sure. Because they need to be said. Skimbleshanks. Uh, old Deuteronomy. Monka Strap. Uh, Mongo Jerry. Rumple Teaser. Growl Tiger. Bumble Soxer. What? That one's fake. <laughs> I think. How would you know? How would how would you possibly Tinker know? Tinker Tanker. Like, rump, I... rump, rump Tum Tugger. Uh, yeah. Floop, floop de doop. Like, Jenny are, Any Dots. Jenny Any Dots. All one word. Jenny mm-hmm. Any Dots. Mm-hmm. All one word. That's cat. There you go. Victoria. Oh, yeah. that's. She should get a real cat. They have a whole song about how there's like six different names a cat yeah. has from birth to death. And Victoria only gets one. Well, a cat has three different names. She becomes a Jellicle cat, but she doesn't get a Jellicle name. Is she just Grizabella now? Like, is it like that? When well, someone no. leaves the community, then that's the next I name that gets Judy passed Dench on? I assume Judy Dench is going to give her a, a, a Jellicle name. She had 15 minutes and she didn't, so. Well, yeah, but she had to tell us that a cat is not a dog. Mm-hmm. It's okay. So, Dick. We watched another movie. We did. It's called The Lion King. It's called that. What What is your experience with The Lion King original and The Lion King 2019? The Lion King original is my most favorite movie of all time. And uh, I recognize no other movie by that name uh, beyond this podcast. I, I went to the bathroom seven times. It's <laughs> my favorite, favorite movie. movie of all time. Um, I... I, I was not a fan of these live action remakes anyway, just the idea of them. Yeah. I didn't hate Beauty and the Beast as much as you did. I didn't love it, but I yeah, didn't hate you, it. You're incorrect about Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I, no. that's probably true. Um, but then they started announcing just everything else. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, this is a bad idea. Can I, can I throw something out there real quick? Uh-huh. Um, what about 101 Dalmatians? Like, that was fine. Right? But it also, like, fit into... There were a lot of movies in the 90s of, like, someone and dogs. Yeah. Like, that would just fit a regular trend that was happening yeah. of, like, Beethoven and Homeward Bound but, and like, stuff. If, you, if you're, if you like, list all the terrible live-action remakes, yeah. that one never comes to my mind. No. Because it was, like, fine. Yeah. Oh. And, I mean, and also, I think, timing-wise... 101 Dalmatians doesn't necessarily come out at a time where people who grew up with it have like this right. kind of idolatry level affection for it. Yeah. and Because I, home video started when we were kids. Right. So, you know, our parents maybe saw that movie in the theater once. But they didn't have every second of it memorized. Right. Right. I think also it was probably not advertised as, finally, the greatest movie right. ever made. Is people now. So my initial, like hearing that that Aladdin was being remade, it's like, all right, well, you know, Steve from Full House, maybe not the best representation of a Middle Eastern character. And it stars stars humans. It could be fun to see see some humans. And the genie is like crazy. And he's basically like a, he's like a fully animated character. So if you do him CG, this could make sense. And I see, like, so Jungle Book is the first animal movie that gets remade, right? Yeah. And, like, because I don't care about Jungle Book, like, yeah. I didn't think it was a good idea, but I'm like, I don't care. I don't then, know if it was good or bad. Then Lion King gets announced. 
And uh, I mean, fur- furious from the beginning. Yeah. Like, really, like, who asked for this? Yeah. Do you understand that there's going to be singing, dancing, realistic looking lions? Have Has anyone thought about how terrifying that's yeah, going to look? Once the, no. Once the character posters came out. It... <laughs> Those character posters, they all, it seemed like a joke. All yeah. the lions look the same because oh. lions look the same. Yeah, lions just kind of look like lions. They kind of look like lions. Yeah. So you put Mufasa and Simba there. They look the same. They didn't, or yeah. Nala and Sarabi. Nala, Sarabi, and I think it was, I think Nala's mom, um, the name is escaping Na- me right Nala, now. Nala mom. No, it's another, it's like Serena or Ser great it doesn't anyway matter. literally um, doesn't matter but yeah it's like all three of them were released as posters it's like wh- what <laughs> it's like why, why did you release character posters? and like baby simba and nala look almost identical <sighs> so bad <sighs> dick yeah tell us about your experience with the lion king up through 2019 well i've talked today. about my experience with the lion king before i watched it as a kid i loved it uh and then like i kind of kind of fell off of like a Disney thing for a while. Um, and Lion King is like a little more kitty at the beginning. Okay. So it's like, you know, as a teenager, I'm kind of like, I don't want to watch this kid that can't wait to be like as a teenage mm-hmm. boy. It's hard to watch a, a boy child. Cause mm-hmm. you're just embarrassed about everything that boy child does because it's basically you, but you're like a little older, and a little cooler. So you um, identified with like half second log, uh, teen Simba, the one with like the weird scraggly hair. No, you, as a teenage boy, you don't identify with any of you it. You know, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but then as an adult rewatching it, it's it's just a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, my experience with 2019 Lion King is uh, calming you down every time more things <laughs> got announced about it. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Um, is uh, watching it with you, I I still would argue that we haven't watched the movie. Well, because we watched it once, and it was a lot of you yelling at the TV. So we, to be fair, you yelled at the TV too. But it was a lot of you yelling at the TV. Yeah. Um, and then the second time we watched it was with director's commentary. So we've probably missed a lot of dialogue. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's. That's that. Uh, you want to set a cookie timer so I, I can do. explain the plot? I do. And two cookie minutes on the clock. Go. The Lion King. We're just going to sit here for two minutes. <laughs> now, so, so it's The Lion King. You probably know The Lion King. If you don't know The Lion King, go listen to our Lion King episode. I'm going to explain. Okay. I'm going to explain some of the changes to the plot. Great. Um, there is a uh, Shenzi is the hyena leader now and doesn't appear with the rest of the hyenas and Scar has to rally them. Uh, he like befriends the hyenas. There's poop. There's a big poop that yeah. gets rolled around full of Simba's hair. Major character. Um, there are lions. There's a warthog and a meerkat. These aren't differences. No, I, I. that's all I got. Say more. No, this is unfair. I had to do all of cats. All right. 
Simba's a baby lion and he grows up and he wants to be a king. Uh, and then his dad dies and Scar is like, and like punches him in the face. Uh, Scar <laughs> like kills his dad. And then Simba runs away and then he meets this warthog and this meerkat and they become best friends and they grow up. But then, oh no, Nala comes back. Nala's like his friend from when he was a little kid. And she's like, yo, you got to come back. You got to be the king. And he's like, oh, I don't want to be the king. I killed my dad. And she's like, no, come back and be the king. He goes back. He kicks Scar's ass and then he bees the king. Yeah. I still got 30 seconds. You got 30 seconds. Um, so at one point, Simba is like sitting there or like scratching himself or something and a piece of hair flies off of him (laughs) and that piece of hair uh lands in like a river and then it like comes out of the river and a a bird puts it on a nest but then it blows off the nest and a, a giraffe eats it and the giraffe poops it out and then you see a dung beetle rolling some poop i gotta keep going with this and the dung beetle's poop breaks and then once the dumb beetle's poop breaks, then like an ant picks up the hair, and then it's I think the ant takes it Rafiki. by Rafiki, who smells it, realizes it's Simba, and then takes his battle staff out of a tree. I have retained so little of detail from the two watchings of this movie. Yeah, I know. Because there's no color contrast. No. Ever. No. In the mo- It's like watching that Transformers movie or like a poorly shot black and white movie. Yeah. To be clear, we hate this movie. Yeah. It's a chore. So now we had... Yeah. If, if you're a regular listener of this show, you know about Cookie Timer. We mm-hmm. set a two-minute timer. It goes, cookies are done. Cookies mm-hmm. are done. We're going to set a new timer today. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we are aware of our bias, mm-hmm. um, and we want to be fair. So let's say every 12 minutes. Sure. Every 12 minutes, an alarm will go off, and we'll have to say something nice about uh, one or both of these movies. Yep. Can we preview the sound so we know um, what to sing with it? <laughs> It'll be... Uh, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so, so we'll just hear it. All right. I mean, so so, Dick, what yeah. uh, is it animated? <laughs> like, what makes these movies yeah. animated films? And we we kind of touched on we it. Kind of touched on it, but I, I think it's I think it's worth exploring further. So, um, Lion King's easy mm-hmm. because even though it's released at the same time as all the live action remakes, mm-hmm. and it. It is aiming for a more realistic uh, approach. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely like 99% animated. The only part that isn't animated is a single uh, establishing shot, Mm -hmm. um, like towards the very beginning of the film. Yeah, in like Lebo's opening of Circle of Life. Yeah, and everything else is animated. Yeah. Which is, I, I feel like I heard it one time that they were going to be using, like, dinosaur backgrounds. Yeah. Um, you Just, like, shooting real backgrounds yeah. and then animating over it. And they did, like, they shot green screens with real cameras. Right? What? Like, that's, what, what do you think John Favreau meant when he was talking about all those camera shots and long lenses and, 
that's not all in a computer. Yeah. They had actual, like, camera grips, right? That's how I understood it. They have actual camera grips, and it's all in a computer. So what they have, uh-huh. and they do this in Lord of the Rings, too. We okay. listened to the commentary, and Favreau uh, was very good at explaining some of the technology and mm-hmm. also saying, you know what, I don't know. I don't know if people are going to like this, but just we all worked really hard. In the first five minutes, like in Circle of Life, he makes a comment. You know, I've only seen this with like, you know, people that worked on the film. I haven't seen it with a real audience. So, you know, we hope it's going to be well received, but But, we don't know. But everyone worked really hard. Just know that a lot of people worked really hard on this. It's like, it's like, and we looked at each other. We're like, oh. John Favreau knows he's that a, this didn't aware. work. He d- he knows that it tanked. So already. what what they did is they would set up a virtual um, like space. They would create a you know a background and and the character actors mm-hmm. and uh, they would use like a like basically they'd hold a thing and that would act like a camera. So like a video game controller. Like a video game. Okay. Yeah. So they they'd hold like. Something that felt like a real camera uh-huh. so that a cameraman could still, uh-huh. you know, use the, the... Use their technical skills. Yeah, and like, use the, the and muscle. And, and, like, it has the controls of a camera. Yeah. But they're seeing a virtual world. So they have, like, VR helmets on. Possibly, Essentially. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay, that's not what I was envisioning yeah. when he was describing that. Okay. That's, that's neat. Yeah. It's that really it's neat. not like, and that's why it looks more. I mean, he uses the word documentary. What, what would you say, like seventy times in yeah, his commentary? Yeah, they they really aim for a documentary feel, which uh, they succeed with more towards the beginning mm-hmm. and far less towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're really aiming for documentary realness. Yeah. Um, so much so that the way that John Favreau talks, like laughs out loud about the lack of emotion that the faces can do. Like, I I wondered in this commentary whether Jon Favreau was overruled Mm -hmm. in making the lions talk. Yeah. Like, out loud as opposed to Homeward Bound, where it's like Michael J. Fox is narrating for the character, but the dog's mouth is not moving to Michael J. Fox's words. It's like how Garfield talks. It's just... Right, right. Yeah, and that's, that's... You know, we're speculating at this point, but that's a theme that's been repeated in um, multiple movies. Dinosaur, for one, Mm. was originally supposed to be no Yeah, no dialogue at all. Uh, Land Before Time was originally supposed Mm -hmm. to be no dialogue. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something that animators have have wanted to go for, and then it's it's not worked out. Yeah. So I wonder, I also wonder if maybe Lion King... They thought like, well, let's do this with no dialogue. Let's make this super real. Mm-hmm. And then Disney was like, well, no one's going to come see it if they can't hear Circle of Life. Beyonce has called us. Uh, we need to redo this yeah, whole movie. We'd like to get some stars we- involved. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's really it's really interesting mm-hmm. speculating about what the original plan might have been. And. In Cats, too, mm-hmm. because speaking of animation, yeah. <laughs> um, you look at the renderings for the original cat designs, and they look a lot better and a lot more animated, like yeah. fully um, immersive of the actors than so, what turns out on the screen. So again, to clarify, is, is that Cats is mainly real 
or, or they filmed, often real sets. Yeah, they filmed real actors on real, sometimes real sets yeah. and mixture of green green screen. Right. Um, and the actors are wearing motion capture mm-hmm. technology, but not fully so, or at least they wore it. it. There's like some conflicting reports about what Tom Hooper made his visual effects team do. Yeah, it seems like they wore the... It it seems less like the um, motion capture was the uh, like the lines that you draw between, uh-huh. and more like the lines that you draw around. If that makes sense, okay. it was more. Like, it see, it seems like it was more like this motion capture is a guide for you. So it's just a here's where the shoulder is. Here's where the that's kind of what yeah. I got from it because that's. Yeah, the visual effects team has talked about how they just basically had to paint every scene. Yeah. um, Which is a longer process, Mm -hmm. and it takes more effort, and that would explain why the movie wasn't really done by the time it premiered. Yeah, at the premiere, Tom Hooper said, I just finished this last night. This draft, like at midnight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, it's, it's... an interesting difference in approaches. Dick, if you were to describe yeah. the like generalized look of these cats to someone who has never seen a still, never seen the trailer, yeah, like how would you describe how these cats look? Well, for, first, I want to describe what they did look like. Uh huh. They they looked like cats uh, in in the original. Uh, digital tests, which we saw mm-hmm. on, on um, that we we tried to listen to the commentary, and Tom Hooper is the most boring man on earth. Yeah, so we did not get through it. Uh, but we watched all the behind the scenes features, mm-hmm. and the original digital uh, cat effect looked like cats. Like it was still a person, but they mm-hmm. were like fully covered in fur. Fur, yeah. So for this version, they. It's a little bit. I. It reminds me of the Who's in the Grinch Stole Christmas mm. movie, mm-hmm. where it's like there's a bunch of like there's cat except for their face, yeah, and there's a fade between the fur and the actor's face, yeah, and so they have human noses and cat ears, but they have kind of. I'd say they have. I'd have to look at a picture. I think their noses are altered. I'm thinking of like their entire face is like weirdly smooth. It's weirdly smoothed, yeah. So yeah. they wore in the in the footage we saw, they were wearing face makeup. Yeah. As if they were on stage. I think like, like as a reference. Yeah. But then it just they ran out of time to add fur to it. And yeah, they have whiskers. They have whiskers. Real noses. But they have human noses. Okay. Human eyebrows, which is a great choice. Yeah, uh, you need eyebrows. That's human eyebrows or Lion cat King eyebrows or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have human lips. Yeah. So their faces are human. Their hands are human. Mm-hmm. And in their, most cases, their hands are human. But sorry, you in were, most cases, like skin colored. Skin. Mm, so I, that's that is a more of a mixed bag. 
a lot of them have some something that looks like fur. It's not as detailed as the fur on the rest of their body. Yeah. But a lot of them have fur like up to the fingers or like halfway up the fingers. So it kind of looks like cat gloves almost. Right. But not but if, all of them. If they have a shirt with cuffs, mm-hmm. then the fur ends at the wrist and they just have human hands. Yeah. So I think this was a like you talk about MVP in your coding world. Right. Which, which is- means... Like most uh, minimum viable product. Right. Like let's get the smallest thing out that still looks like what we're going to make. So yeah, I think these hands for like, so Mistopheles has um, like kind of like a suit jacket type of thing. Yeah. And Old Deuteronomy has a fur coat. Right. And so their hands just look like hands. Yeah. Like Mistopheles are maybe colored. Judy Dench's are not. They are human skin, to- like Judy Dench colored hands. Yeah. She's um, got a wedding ring on. Yeah, she's got she's got a. I think the ring is part of the costume. I know, but it just looks. But like, I think right if this movie premiered on a Tuesday, I think this was a decision that was made on Saturday yeah. when it's like, oh, we can't get everything done. Well, they have cuffs, so it looks less weird if their hands are yeah. regular as opposed to the cat where it's just smooth from so shoulder to the fingertip. Other human part of these animals um, <laughs> that that we see human is their feet. <laughs> So a, a lot of these cats are wearing shoes, so it doesn't look weird. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you see a human foot, yeah, instead of a cat foot, it just it's very it's, strange. Yeah, it's the toes, looking. right? The like, toes and like the heel, uh huh. Because it doesn't. Because human yeah. legs don't go the way cat legs. They like just it just looks different. I mean, this is a fundamental, right? Like yeah. they had human hands and feet on a stage right. too. But because of this heightened cat reality and because you can't see, like on stage it's done convincingly if you like what you're looking at. Like right, and it's, that it's like you have makeup and you have costume and headpieces, but like yeah. you can see that it's makeup and you can see that it's You know it's a people, but also you're looking at people in a costume. You, there's, you know. There's a weird uncanny valley in this movie that's somewhere between suspended disbelief yeah. and complete digital with that it just doesn't work yeah when we watched um the behind the scenes feature and they were showing scenes where people are just like in um like partial costume and mocap suits suits, yeah i'm like i would rather watch this i would rather watch people in cat costumes because it looks like human movement yeah one of the things that happens in this movie because it's a dance show like that's that's all like absolutely a dance it's a dance show um, is that because it's... Oh, oh. Uh, the 12-minute alarm has gone off. Kate, there are so many good dancers and cats. There are so many good dancers and cats. Francesca, That's a nice thing. someone, the one who plays Victoria and Robbie Fairchild. Uh, or Haywood, kind of, I believe. You're, yes, Francesca Haywood. And is that right? Yeah. Okay. I and, believe so. Uh, Robbie um, Fairchild. Fairchild play, play kind of the two... Well, the two cats are who are on the screen the most. It's like a narrator <sighs> and a... Uh, ingenue. Yeah, I, they're our main. They're our main characters, and they are professional ballet dancers. Yeah. They are awesome. Like and Robbie Fairchild has done some like TV. And he's done TV before, and Broadway. Right? I think he was in um, American in Paris. Mm, yeah. And so like he can sing. He like Franch- he's good at Francesca Hay- Haywood or Hayward. Uh-huh. I forget. Hayward. I never heard of before. Yeah. Uh, I think she's only really done like, ballet. stage mm-hmm. ballet. Her facial expressions. Yeah. Were. Like, she was probably my favorite actor in mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah. She didn't get many lines, but, like, 
I knew what she was. I knew what emotion she was going for. Mm-hmm. Her dancing is fantastic. Yeah. And at the same time, the dancing becomes goofy looking yes. because of this digital fur technology. Because there's no... Yeah. That it it makes the borders between the end of a human, like the foreground of the human and the, anything that's behind them, really choppy and yeah. um, like glitchy almost. And so these like smooth, graceful moves are kind of turned into these more, I don't want to even say pixelated, but it's jerky. That's interesting that you say that because I feel the exact opposite way. Interesting. I think the movement is too smooth. I oh, think yeah. because humans move pretty smoothly, right? But uh-huh. like if you actually trace, like I'm moving my arm left to right right now. Mm-hmm. But if you actually traced it, I would not be moving it perfectly mm-hmm. level left to right. Mm-hmm. It would be like kind of uppy downy. It would be a little shaky. Yeah. And I felt like that's something that kind of ruined the dancing for me. Yeah. Is that like I bet there were better dancers and worse dancers. And mm-hmm. they were all like, I just put it out there. These dancers are amazing. The, there's a specific segment in, in the behind the scenes yeah. featurettes on the dancers. And you're like, whoa, yeah. like Les Twin, yeah. the, the French like street dancers, they're amazing to watch live because yeah. they are doing like these pop and lock and smooth they like look like they're animated yeah when you watch them and then you see them as cats and you're like well this just looks kind of shitty like everything like i can tell that the dancer underneath is doing some cool moves but the intricacies of what these people do so well is totally lost and that's one of the one of the dancers i forget her name she was the like modern dance Mm. Uh, she was like kind of a hip-hop dancer she plays cassandra the cat She and described, that doesn't mean anything. She, she doesn't just, introduce herself, so right. we don't know her name. <laughs> she described dancing as like you are pushing yourself to the edge mm-hmm. of falling and then you recover gracefully. She's like, mm-hmm. that's kind of what dance is. Mm-hmm. And when the characters don't have a specific gravity mm-hmm. and when you know they're not going to fall and mm-hmm. they're not at any risk, dance doesn't look impressive. Well, and I've never seen many- digital dance that in, is anything to me. And in many cases, they were not able to fall because they're on harnesses. And they're right. like actually flying through the scene, which right. is a thing that I didn't assume watching the movie. I just thought it was all green screen. Yeah. You know, they like go on a tiptoe and then they just carry that image. But also, I would love to see people flying around on harnesses. It's sure. awesome. Yeah. We, we just watched uh, One Day at Disney short about mm-hmm. um, the Finding Nemo show, which we saw at In Animal, Animal Kingdom. Kingdom. We loved it. And they're like on harnesses the whole mm-hmm. show, and it's super impressive. And you see the harness; it's yeah. fine. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know. There's there's so much about cats where I'm like, if if the digital stuff wasn't there, because, would it be a better movie? Yeah, suspended disbelief is what musical theater is all about, yeah. right? And and a show conceived for the stage. When you're transferring it, show conceived for any type of medium, when you transfer it to another medium, this mm-hmm. is a theme that has come up on this podcast. A lot, yeah. It's really hard to do it successfully yeah. because so much of the original storytelling and directing and concept is derived out of the medium itself. Yeah. Could you, could you give an example of musicals that have come to um, movie form uh-huh. successfully? Chicago, yeah, Chicago's a great one. Kind of, 
I mean, the 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 kind of Busby Berkeley, like the sure. grand, just where the whole premise is. I'm really impressed because there's a hundred people dancing together. But at I one think time. a lot of those were movie musicals. They were movies first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say like uh, Little Shop of Horrors, the movie. I re- I really like. I you I, I know, disagree with that. I know you're not the biggest fan of it, but I think it's really successful. I think How to Succeed in Business uh, is is pretty good. It's a really long movie, but mm-hmm. it's a it's a musical, right? Um, and I think that one's pretty successful. Mm-hmm. I, I think there are a few musicals that have worked going from stage to film. Uh, maybe Cabaret. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I think you have to be able to do some staging, yeah. right? That would not typically be done in film. Yeah. And I think Cats gets this part way mm-hmm. right the giant sets even though the scaling they say it's always 2.5 the scaling but, is you know someone had a different concept of what 2.5 yeah. meant in every single we're being corner very of the restrained set. on cats right now kate let's just let's can we just jump can we just take a moment to talk about jenny any dots yeah let's just go to the gumby cat scene i um so <coughs> there's there here's the thing this this excuse me cats the musical and cats the movie is we see a cat. Yeah. That cat introduces themselves, yeah. sings a song, we move on. And then we like never really hear from them again. They yeah. just kind of follow along like a dancing troupe. Over of- and over, except for for some reason Jenny Any Dots. We just don't stop hearing from her. Well, in the movie. So it's Rebel Wilson. Mm-hmm. She's a cat. She's a cat. She is not really a singer. She's not really a dancer. No. Uh, she's She's funny in Pitch Perfect. But she's not always funny. No. And the, so the thing about Cats is it's based on poems of T.S. Eliot that are just kind of observations about cats. Yeah. He so, didn't mean for them to be connected. And it's it's not supposed to be a grand thing. Mm-hmm. So Gumby Cat is a kind of funny little poem because it's like, oh, this is this fat, lazy cat that just sits around all day. But then at night, it's like nonstop moving around and doing things. And she teaches I, some mice had, and cockroaches yeah, and singing dance. Yeah, but I've had a cat like that. Mm-hmm. I, I had a cat that like just laid around all day and then at night while I was trying to sleep, it's like getting up to stuff and I have yeah. to go figure out what's going on. That's a cute little poem. Mm-hmm. Instead of a cute little poem, <laughs> which I think this works in, we get this giant scene. And yeah. as you said. So I think I think Cats is hard to talk about in terms of media transfer because I uh, my personal opinion is that Cats the musical is stupid. Like... Right. I don't think it works. Um, I I think there is an I think there is a right audience for it. Yeah. I don't think you are it. No. I don't necessarily think I am it, but I would like to see it. To be honest, after seeing this movie, I'm like I, I just want to see where it came from. Yeah, that's that's there's a curiosity there. Yeah. But anyway, Which curiosity. So this is like the, the first real scene that you get. That's not just a bunch of cats like. Uh, clamoring around Victoria and saying a bunch of things that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's the, the first f- introduction song. It's the first solo song. It's it's what the rest of the movie is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like already, Rebel Wilson, not your strongest performer in this no. movie. Probably the weakest performer and in this movie. Definitely the most annoying. Um, and you think it's okay to open with comedy, but it's not very funny. And here, this is a scene where you really. The scaling just drives you wild and because the they're in a junkyard before. Nuts. Yeah, so like the sink is like 
three times the size of her, but the table is like the same height as her-ish. And it's like, well, what is this kitchen? This is like a weird Pee Wee Herman kitchen. And then... It's also tricky because cats, like, cats don't stand on their hind legs. Mm -mm, mm -mm. So if she's standing on her hind legs, how tall is this thing compared to if she's like... On, on all fours. Right. or So the, the scaling is weird. The scaling is weird with objects. And then she opens the cupboard to her mice choir. She's got a bunch of mice. Not only are they played by children, which was Rebel Wilson's idea, we learned from Tom Hooper. Not only are they really poorly digitally animated. Uh-huh. Even more so than the cats. Yeah, they look Shrek-y. They are like the size of like the cat's eyeball, they I want to say. I would say that they are the size of mice compared to humans yes yes but but cats are smaller than humans so these are all like these are all like cockroach sized mice mm-hmm. and in fact they're the same size as the cockroaches the same that size later as the appear cockroaches, yeah so the scaling is way off and it's confusing mm-hmm. and why are they children singing as mice and why do some of them look happy and some of them look scared and they know she's gonna eat them yeah because she says oh dinner and a show so why are they not running why why did they why did she train them and like in in the in the stage musical it's cats pretending to be these mice and it's kind of a funny thing but in the in the movie it's it's children mice terrifying what is happening I mean, also in this scene, she unzips her fur to reveal like a cocktail waitress sequin. Yeah, she yeah, unzips oh her God. fur and she's wearing, she has more fur underneath. More fur. And then like a sequin co- vest, sequin vest yeah. and sequin hot pants. Yeah. It's confusing. There's it's very so much confusing. going on it's in unsettling. this scene. At one point, she grabs a thing and starts singing into it like a microphone. But it's not her tail. It's like a it's pink something shaped like a tail thing. I, I want to say it's a piece of yarn, but yeah, it doesn't. But it looks it, like slimy. Almost. It looks like an intestine. Yeah, it looks like an intestine. But we don't see what it is or nope. where it's coming from. Nah. And then at the end, you get Jason Derulo jumping in and just being like, Ooh. "Yeah." <sighs> and then I, I want to say it gets better from there, but it doesn't really. This like kind of puts you in do, down into a pit that they keep trying to claw out of for lack of a better term and they never quite do they never quite do like if you start with jason derulo's song you might actually like have me for a little bit longer he is is a surprisingly good jason derulo was a musical theater major which i learned yesterday and he kills it in this movie yeah for what it is yeah for what it is right he sings the rum tum tugger song the rum tum tugger Mm -hmm. that's that's how it is done in the song the rum tum tugger uh, he's a cat that um, if you let him outside, he wants to come inside. And if you let him inside, he wants to go outside. That's the entire song. Nah, it's, no milk. It's milk. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Jason Derulo is a great musical theater performer. We already said that. You got to this... come up with a new oh, compliment. Oh, man. Okay. Um, the compliment alarm went off. I will say that like it, it, the... Um, some of the stagings, right, in terms of like what they're doing, make this make certain songs interesting. And I think Milk Bar is maybe one of them uh-huh. that you've in this Milk Bar, which doesn't really make sense. You have cats on different layers. Sure. You have some lighting going on. This scene is kind of fun. And I think um, like McCavity is similar to that. I think right. Skimbleshanks is probably the most successful, even though that train 
track green screen looks really Terrible. weird. Yeah. Um, you you have some genuine moments of stagecraft, and I think when this movie just lets it be that, yeah, it's better than like, oh, we can make digital mice, we can make cockroaches, yeah. we can. Yeah, there's a yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was nice. Those are great trees. We've said... What were those, oaks? Two nice things about cats so far, haven't we? Yeah, we haven't said anything nice about the Lion Sorry. King. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, Is there anything in the Lion King that lends itself well to the staging, right? In mm. general, the documentary style is not successful here. So... And it's it's weird because I'm thinking of like scenes that are one-to-one that just made my jaw drop of how unsuccessfully they were working on a screen and it doesn't like framing wise it doesn't look all that different sure like i'm thinking like about the everything the light touches scene right so here's what i here's what i want to want to um say about this documentary style Mm -hmm. i think there are times where it works Mm -hmm. uh, as far as the backgrounds as far as the framing Mm -hmm. as far as the sets Mm -hmm. the characters is where it falls flat and we'll Mm -hmm. we'll get into that but I think there's um, like a scene where we're following a mouse around, mm-hmm. and that's that's nice. Is it appropriate for the movie? Does it does it work for the movie? I don't think so. I yeah, there's, I actually that that a scene, scene where we see like baby Simba, uh, like chasing a or like stalking a lizard. Mm-hmm. Like there's a couple of scenes where we see like little cats playing, mm-hmm. and they're awesome. They're great scenes. No no one's talking. Right. And they're just having fun. And it's just like I'm watching a documentary. And mm-hmm. I, I think that works. But for, like you said, everything the light touches, this is a cinematic scene. It needs a cinematic touch mm-hmm. because this is like, this shadows don't work in the way that we're trying right. to do it. It's, you know, you, you, you forgive the non-realism because it's a great cinematic flair. It's mm-hmm. telling a story. By making that documentary style, you take out all of that. And so, like, you still get essentially a shot for shot in this scene, I think, is one of them that you have, like, you go behind them and you see the silhouettes of the big lion and the tiny lion. Mm -hmm. And it, like, works for a second. And then you're like, well, why isn't there any color on the screen? Right. And I don't really care about what the characters are saying because their faces aren't doing anything. Yeah. And, like, to, to make a James Earl Jones vocal performance completely lackluster is yeah. actually impressive. <laughs> I will I will also say one of one of the scenes that you got v- just angry at mm-hmm. is the log Simba growing up walking <laughs> across the log scene in Hakuna Matata. Uh-huh. The the characters are are not are not doing what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. But I will say that the scenery of that mm-hmm. is beautiful. Yeah, I like Timon and Pumbaa's jungle. Yeah, I think that jungle set. looks really nice. Uh-huh. I think there's like a there's a waterfall that looks really beautiful. There's all this very realistic mist. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. But what doesn't work about the documentary style, Kate? Well, uh, I mean, lots. Are you looking for a specific <laughs> answer right now? Sure. It's, yeah. I mean, faces I want, are the most. Yes, right? that's what I was looking like, for. Like yes. this is this original story. It has such memorable characters. And that's one of many reasons why the film works so well is that yeah. you come out and you know every single character because there's not that many characters. Right. And uh, the, in the animated version, they do the the Disney silhouette thing. 
And even when they have similar silhouettes, like Baby Simba, Baby Nala, completely different color palettes, completely different like eye shapes and things like that. And you totally lose that here. Yeah. So you're just seeing documentary lions. And I'm not telling apart lions in a documentary. Like, yeah, the only lion that... Like, I can identify the difference between a boy lion and a girl lion. Sure. Because they have manes uh-huh. or don't. And I can tell Scar in many scenes. In many scenes, but not as many as you would hope. Well, especially not at night. Yeah. Like, because Scar... And, and they, uh, 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 John Favreau talks about this on the commentary... Like Scar in the movie has a black, or in the in the cartoon mm-hmm. in the animated version has a black mane, mm-hmm. which is one of the ways we tell him apart. The right. other way is that he's like very lanky, very lanky and angular. Yeah, in ways that like lions aren't. So like b- just by silhouette or by coloration, mm-hmm. I can tell who this character is. Mm-hmm. In the the new movie, mm-hmm. in the 2019 movie, he does not have a black mane. He has some black, like, shags. He has a dirty mane. Yeah. But Favreau says that a black mane uh, would be a more dominant lion. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't give him a black mane. Mm-hmm. So he just looks like crap. Yeah. I I don't he's, know. Like, he's, like, slightly more gaunt than Mufasa. Slightly. But not enough. Like, there are some scenes, especially the first time we saw it, where we're like, wait, who? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And because the voices don't sound different enough either, that like it, like you said, the actor who plays Scar, I'm blanking uh, on his name. She would tell a Geofor. Apparently, a great Shakespearean actor. He, yeah, I've I've seen him in. Oh God, what did I see him in? Um. Anyway, he's he's in uh like uh, at least one Shakespeare like movie. Yeah. Or like a like a BBC production. He's in. Like, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's awesome. And by a combination of a lot of things, he never, ever pops for me vocally. No. Like, he's doing a fine job on his own, I guess. But, like, I mean, part of what makes Scar's character so memorable is a little bit of campiness and the Mm -hmm. -the over-the-topness. Like, you know, it's unfortunate that... I have Jeremy Irons' performance imprinted in my brain when I'm watching this other guy because it's like, well, sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, you're just, you're not doing that. You're not doing it. And because these performances rely so much on the voice because you have nothing in the face or the body that is supporting any of the character mm-hmm. emotions or arcs, it's all on the vocal performances. And Favreau even says that in the yeah. commentary. Yeah, says we're relying... Because these characters can't emote, mm-hmm. we're relying entirely on the vocal performances. And that one doesn't work because no. it doesn't pop. And I can't, oh, and because James Earl Jones has aged enough mm-hmm. and like he's not putting his all into this oh, movie. Oh, he is not. It's James, fine. James, James Earl Ar- Jones has not been, he has been phoning everything in for a while. He has earned the right to yeah. just collect a paycheck at this point. No Absolutely. problem. Absolutely. But when they're like. But they don't sound like, very different in like, many hey, of the can scenes you, can where you they. Can Darth Vader again? He's like, yeah. In uh, this, Luke, it, I'm your dad. Yeah. In their scene fine. partner scenes, I can't rely on the voice or the visual to tell them apart. Right. Because so they both I, have like deep voices. And voices that aren't doing anything super extra of yeah. their normal voices. And so I really have to rely on the dialogue that I know from the original. Yeah. Which I guess brings like I- I've said this a couple times and yeah. you've challenged me. I continue. Do, to do you that. think so so my 
opinion is I I do think I've been extreme in saying that I would have no idea what's going on in this movie if yeah. I hadn't seen 1994. I don't think that's true. That's not true at all. But I think I would be pretty confused. I think I would be like Moana or Frozen 2 level confused of like, well, well, wait, did this happen? Like I will I would forget a lot of scenes where they have literally they have technically told yeah. me what's happening, but it's not imprinting in any sort of way so to make my, me remember it in the next scene. My question then is is why? Well, I think because it's all it's all tell and no show, right? Mm-hmm. You want to, in any kind of movie, animated or otherwise, you want to do more showing right. than telling. And this is all tell. I can't, I can't really rely on their voices. Yeah. And I think that's partly an, um, a digital fur technology thing. And I don't think they're well directed vocally. No, they're, they're who, like, I assume like, it's Favreau in charge of the voice. Yeah. Terrible. They're not well directed. Like, they are, they're very badly directed. Mm-hmm. I, I hate, can we can we talk about John Oliver? Yeah. Let's talk sure. about John Oliver. John Oliver is a funny person. A personality we love personally. He has a very funny voice, yeah. a very animated voice. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen him now in two animated movies mm-hmm. and hated him both times. He was the only part of the announced vocal cast that I was actually like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, I was like, oh, you know what? John Oliver would be a great Zazu. Yeah. Cool. He was not. He was not. Sucked the funny out of the room. Yeah. Like, he was he was the only one uh he was one of the only actors I feel that was like really going for it. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. But so you wanted him to succeed, but it was like his porcupine and wonder park. I'm like I I think you're supposed to be funny and entertaining, but I don't I don't care. I just want your I just want you off the screen. John, John Oliver I feel like is like Lin-Manuel Miranda. Mm. Like if you know how to write for Lin-Manuel, which only Lin Manuel uh-huh. does, apparently. and John Oliver and his staff. Yeah, right? like, like if you know how to write for Lin Manuel, he's great. Uh-huh. Like he's he's really great in Hamilton. He's uh-huh. really great in, uh, in the in the Heights. In like Mary Poppins, you can't you can't give him a thing you'd give a normal actor because he does not do it well. Yeah, he has a very specific style. We love Lin Manuel Miranda, but. Watch Mary Poppins Returns and get back to us. And the same with John Oliver. Like on his show, great. Uh, Yeah. When his staff is writing for him. Yeah. Unlike The Daily Show. Yeah. Stuff like that, where his style is 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 used, Mm -hmm. it's great. You give him normal actor lines, and it's it's just a bummer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and the same with, like, Donald Glover. Very funny, very charismatic. Oh, my God. I love Donald I Glover. I am, like, nothing about his performance stands out. Yeah. Um, And honestly, like, so the the core, I think, group, like, this movie got pretty, pretty indifferent, like, kind of scathingly indifferent reviews across yeah. the board. Like, you know, Beauty and the Beast was like, okay, we see why this is elevated, whatever. And even, like... The, you know, your whatever, uh, USA Today and Good Morning America that oh, I'll give oh, it. Oh, 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 that's our, uh, Ooh, that's our say something nice alarm. I've got it. I've got it. Okay, go. Okay. We I'll can go, both do one. I'll, I'll go first. Um, I thought Billy Eichner did a really good job. I, I, for, for what it was, yeah. um, Billy Eichner 
sings well. Bill, Billy Eichner has a very he's got a very very good voice. voice. Yeah. He was funny. Mm-hmm. His uh, he had a couple of improv lines. Like Seth mm-hmm. Seth Rogen, I think was okay. Yeah. Um, but th- like Eichner had a couple of lines that made me laugh mm-hmm. that were not in the original movie. Well, and and I think he's not bad at Timon. I think he's not bad at Timon, and it's an example of where they pushed a little bit into what is Billy Eichner known for and what is he good at that like you disgust me go ahead say farted like that's a very Billy Eichner yeah like giving giving him like kind of a screamy line giving him like a really intense yeah yeah in the same way that the one John Oliver line that worked in Wonder Park is have you heard the joke about hydration no because hydration is not a joke like yeah that was a very John Oliver Oliver line yeah yeah what nice thing do you want to say about the Lion King? Uh, J.D. McCrary, Little Simba. Oh, yeah. Great vocally. Oh, like, man. He, so good. He didn't need the direction, apparently, because um, I hope, I don't think he's played it on Broadway, but I feel like he should. Um, he had this, like, energy that, like, I, I wasn't distracted by his voice ever, which is a good thing. Like, right. I was drawn, I think... I do think that maybe Little Simba is, on the aggregate, the most compelling character in this movie, and it's because of all the heavy lifting that J.D. McCrary's doing. Yeah. His Just Can't Wait to Be King sounds fun. Like, it's, I mean, aside from Circle of Life, where you have Lebo and you have a former Broadway Rafiki singing it, oh. it's the only song yeah. that, like, okay, like, looking at it, I'm like, all right. But listening to it, I'm like, cool, because yeah. we listened to the soundtrack before we saw this movie. Yeah, and like some of the songs were like, well, this doesn't work. This doesn't but work this was one of the songs where like, oh, yeah, this kid, this kid can can do it. Yeah, that's true. Um, but what I was about to come to yes. is this movie was universally pan and indifferent, except for uh, Beyonce fans. Right? She's Ugh. got an army, and that's good. Beyonce is immensely talented. She's a rock star. She's so good. Like, any concert of her... Like, I saw the whole Homecoming concert. Mm -hmm. She's incredible. Technically not a rock star. Well... Pop star. Anyway. Um, She is so good. And when she's coming out of the movie, I'm like, oh, no. They're going to have to change the whole script. Like, this is going to be a weird Nala thing. Kind of like they elevated LeFou in weird ways and Beauty and the Beast. elevated, like, Belle's mom. yeah. Or um, ele- or even elevated Belle to make her like an inventor mm-hmm. for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, oh, she's gonna have a new song. I'm like, well, Shadowlands is good. That's a Nala song. Why not just use that? And that's one? from and the Broadway that's musical. That's from the Broadway one. Um, so I'm like, oh, but e- I don't know. Like, if I was part of the the you know the Beehive, which I'm not an official part of that. Right. <laughs> um. I'd be extremely disappointed in their lack of use of Beyonce. Yeah. They do not expand the character at all. And Nala is infamously a like very flatly She's a nothing character. drawn character in yeah. the original. Which is which is you know she what it is. Doesn't really get an extra song. She just gets Beyonce. to sing an original song when they are running across the desert where you'd normally hear the Busa yes Busa Which I love. So instead, it's something. Busale Simba Yo. Sorry, I got like, myself. It's a really cool dun 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 dun. Uh-huh. High energy and yeah. fun. 
And then instead you've got this like Beyonce song which just does nothing for me. It's kind of, it's it's basically the Free Willy song from yeah. the end of the movie, the Michael Jackson one. It's it's such it's such a bummer. And like I I don't care about Beyonce. I don't like Beyonce. So I but, I really enjoyed her in Dreamgirls. She can act, but right. again, she's not being directed here. But yeah, like I was going to say, if you take a giant pop star and you're going to put her in a movie, mm-hmm. put her in a movie where she's going to be where she's going to fit. Yeah. Cuz like Lion King isn't that movie. Yeah. You should not cast a giant celebrity as Nala or Sarabi or whatever Nala's mom's name is, right? Like, yeah. what's what's the purpose of that mm-hmm. unless you're going to change the movie and then why? But she could, like, I, I've been thinking of, like, places where you could put Beyonce in, like, different Disney movies. And there's ba- basically every other Disney movie has at least one really strong female role. Yeah. Put her in that. Also, I think there are ways you can expand the role of Nala. Sure. The Broadway production does it. Right. And it does it pretty well. She's still not the most important character. Like, that you can't, you know, 12%, right? Right. But... Do what that like she almost got a scene with Scar, yeah. Um, and then she doesn't. They replace that with Sarabi. Yeah. Like, if you have her, like, right? Like, it, what it all comes back to is that tweet that came out with the trailer that I love so much. It's what a tremendous waste of resources. Yeah, because you know absolutely. Beyonce got insanely paid for this movie oh, yeah. for her like what eight lines eight lines and one song and one song and she wrote a companion album to it of original songs sure. um which i've heard some of the songs they're good they're like i yeah. don't care about it as a lion king companion piece but it's fine yeah it's not labo yeah it's not labo um yeah so it's just they spent so much money and they Honestly, they earned so much money. They're printing money with these remakes yeah. for nostalgia purposes. But the, I, I will say, say this is the first one that people got out of and they like couldn't really defend. Yeah. Like I had friends that went to see Aladdin like, no, guys, it's really good. Like like the original if you like, but there are some things in this movie that are better. And right. no one was saying that about no, The Lion and, King. And I would even say like I they made a lot of money on ticket sales, but like compared to The Lion King original Mm -hmm. which like we we've still recently bought merchandise of yes we will buy on like double blu-ray or whatever Mm -hmm. when it when the next thing comes out Mm -hmm. i i haven't seen a lion king 2019 shirt i've seen a ton of hakuna matata shirts with with timon and pumbaa so right it's they they released merchandise yeah it looks terrible. terrible Um, like they released a real quote unquote Simba plush and the pop, the pop dolls or whatever. And it's just, it it tanked. I don't see any of it in stores anymore. It's all original Lion King merchandise. You're, you're a teacher. You would know if something was popular with the kids. Well, but I saw it for like two months. Right. And there was even some side by side stuff where you're like, uh, I'm looking at two Simbas. One looks terrifying. One looks adorable. Which one am I going to buy? What get? Um, but that stuff is like cleared out of stores yeah. now. You cannot find it anywhere. And well, it's less than a year. Everything's cleared out of stores. Well, right. We're not allowed to go <laughs> in stores anymore. But it's uh, like, yeah, in three months, it all went away because they realized that they can't sell this stuff that yeah. looks shitty. That looks, just looks terrible yeah so going back to nala and how she could have had some actual expansion to her story yeah 
Um, they didn't really have time for it. Like because she, got, she got like an extra line or two she, yeah. and then a song. But, but they also took away stuff from her. Yeah. And I mean, I get it because they needed time to tell the new Shenzi uh, subplot that they added in for reasons. Okay. So, <laughs> so to, uh, to take to take from Lindsay Ellis a little bit, girl boss Shenzi. <laughs> what do you know? At, I don't remember at all what the deal is. She is no I, Dick. We've seen this movie two times. I don't know what happens in it. Shenzi. So in the original, yeah, Shenzi is one of three hyenas, and it's got some kind of classic animated trio dynamics yeah, going got on like there's like three stooges kind of yeah a mean one and a she dumb is one and then a crazy more one. or less the leader. Of yeah, that, she's, like she's the most dominant. She's the leader of that group. In that of group. Three, yes, mm-hmm. but, but in, <laughs> in this, so Shenzi is like the leader of all hyenas, right? And Scar, like, makes a deal with her. So Scar, I didn't realize this till second viewing, and still you had to tell me Scar in this 2019 version. Scar meets the hyenas right before be prepared. Right? Yeah, he like. Or he knows they're there, but he has to, like, ally with them. But because in the original, you get right after, you know, you deliberately disobeyed me, you get, I practically gift wrapped those cubs for you. So it's just, it's not even implied. It's stated right there that he is already in partnership with the hyenas. Which, fine. I don't need the the story of that. I know that he's bitter against his brother. Yeah. Yeah, this makes sense. Good. Got the story. Yeah. I figured it out. He's already plotting. But yeah, here he has to create an alliance and so he and Shenzi are like the the mediation representatives right of yes yeah and, and like Shenzi as a result mm-hmm. has less screen time yeah by like quote elevating her character yeah she has less screen time than when she was just one of three hyenas right and she's less memorable because at least the other two hyenas who are not named Bonzi and Bonsai and Ed, and yeah. I, you couldn't pay me enough to tell to make and, me remember. And what also, names are. who have almost the same voice, yeah, and almost the same personality. But at so least they make what's jokes. Their deal? Yeah. So you're like, oh, those are the joke hyenas. Yeah. And right, like the whole hyenas laugh. That should be what the characters derive from, and yeah. Shenzi is just this serious nothing character. And also, does she even laugh in the movie? Also, looks like every other hyena. Also, hyenas are not pleasant to look at. Oh, they are not. In real life, they're like dogs who have had reconstructive surgery that have gone wrong. Yeah, they look like... I under, like, hyenas can't help it. That's they look, their biology. They but, look like dogs that are like in Hollywood and they're 60, so they've had like a lot of work done. I mean, they look most like pit bulls, like, right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Um, which are not known as the prettiest of dog breeds. No. Um. But they have endearing features, like, and uh, these hyenas are not. You could make a hyena endearing, yeah, just like you could make a warthog endearing Mm -hmm. instead of terrifying. So, so what does Shenzi's plot add? I would argue that it adds nothing, and it it takes away clarity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that's part of why I think this the plot is suddenly hard to remember and follow. Oh. Time to say something nice. Twelve minute timer. Um, um, say something nice about the Lion King. <laughs> and we're talking about plot right yeah, now, say so it's nice even about the plot of the Lion even King. easier to. Um, uh, um, 
there's some uh, neat camera work that happens during the chase scene mm-hmm. with the hyenas and the lion cubs. Right. Like they burrow into little things. Yeah. That that doesn't happen in the there's original. Some good, there's some really cool shots there. And so you get like that kind of tightening in. It's yeah. not so much based on lighting. It's based on confined spaces. Yeah. Okay. That's something. Back to shitting on this. So <laughs> what, what this movie does that all of the other movies the other live action movies do that like every movie does for some reason mm-hmm. uh uh in in the year 2010 through 20 yeah still, <laughs> 20 still. is over explains everything mm-hmm. and and pat pat oswalt has, has a great bit on one of his albums about the star wars prequels mm. And the this you know the the bit is like uh, I won't do it justice, but like George Lucas he meets him in a park, and George mm-hmm. Lucas is like, "Hey, I'm working on a new Star Wars movie. Aren't you excited?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I really am." He's like, "Oh, you like Darth Vader? Yeah, I do. Well, you're gonna see him as a little kid, and he's gonna miss his mom." Oh, that sounds <laughs> terrible. The, the 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 ending line of of that whole bit is, I don't care about where the things i like come from yeah i just like the things i like i don't want rock salt i just want ice cream mm. i i you know yeah i don't want flour i want bread mm-hmm. i don't care about why shenzi and scar have an alliance that doesn't matter to me and that's something like if I want to think about that, I can think about that. I don't need an answer. Well, that's to what that. like fanfic is for, right? Yeah. Like that's or like Lion King one and a half, mm-hmm. right? Which is like we're gonna just cover some stuff. It's like semi canonical, yeah. But like I don't care about Belle's mom. Mm-mm. I don't need to know. She's not in the movie. Done. Yeah. I don't need to know about uh, Gaston in the war. Like that's what the hell that's is a that? premise that is never about that. followed through on. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to know about um, like I know there's stuff in Aladdin that's annoying, but I can't remember it offhand. Yeah, but like yeah, I I don't need to know the stories of these things. I I just want to hear the story. Yeah, I want to I want to experience the story. I don't need to be explained. It's, this isn't the West Wing. This isn't Star Trek. I don't need twenty minutes of explaining things. Mm-hmm. Just give me the story. Yeah. And that, I mean, that happens in Cats, too, right? Yes. By trying to oh give it God. a plot, it actually ends up complicating this thing. I, I think there are some ways for me that it works because I'm so um, I'm so opposed to the original you musical really of hate, not having a plot at you, all. But you also, you just really like a, a plot structure. Like, to the point that you are, like, a little bothered in Miyazaki movies sometimes when there is not, like, a real plot thread there's just things that happen. yeah i want to know what i'm working toward right. and and miyazaki has helped me kind of expand what that can be it right. doesn't have to be a plot it can be an aesthetic but you can't argue aesthetic and cats right. for what you're working toward so so things they add we already talked about victoria is um she's a role in this show and is not really she's in, in the original musical but she's not super a minor cat main character she gets like a half a song with right. grizabella right as like a Pre-praise right. to memory, um, but she is the the audience role. She's like the proxy for the audience which, in this, which is a a pretty good way to to do this. I don't mind this, do this choice. Yeah, you've got a fish out of water. She's learning about this new thing because all the songs in Cats the 
the musical, mm-hmm. the theater musical, or the whatever you want to call yeah. it, Stage are sung time. out to the audience. Mm-hmm. And it's all these cats saying, hey, I'm so-and-so. This is what I do. Look at me. Hey, I'm so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Or hey, this is so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Like the, the magical Mr. Mistopheles right. is sung about him. But it's all to the audience directly, mm-hmm. which uh, it would be weird in a movie. Yeah. It'd be so a the, lot. So the choice to make Victoria kind of that audience figure, mm-hmm. I don't mind. Right. Um, I don't think they give her enough motivation or any kind of relevant characteristics to make it completely effective. She, uh, she's <laughs> curious. She's, well. She's, she's excited to be there. So is the Rum Tum Tugger is a curious cat. That's fair. Mm. But no, like that's her whole thing is she's excited to be there. She is abandoned. Where, the, the premise is she's abandoned. So but any scene she's in, she's like, oh, I'm excited about this scene. Yeah. I'm excited about. Th- oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Like that's her entire motivation mm-hmm. throughout most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, McCavity is new. <laughs> Everything he does besides his regular song is new. So Dick, how uh, successful do you think this kidnapping plot is? It's, it's not. It's so weird. So, McCavity is played by Idris Elba, uh-huh. whose fur is the same color as Idris Elba's skin. Is, is yeah. And it is shorter than the other cat's fur. <laughs> so it looks like he's just a nude Idris Elba panther. Like with, with, it's less of a cat without than... without junk. Yeah, no one has junk. Yeah. Or buttholes. No, they all the, all the female cats still have human breasts. Kind of. Kind Taylor of. Swift's are most Taylor Swift especially. They mostly have unibreasts except for Taylor Swift yeah. who has two. But yeah, Idris Elba looks uncomfortable in this film. Um and he he also has I, I think even less so than Rebel Wilson, he has the least amount of singing and dancing. Yeah. experience yeah and he comes uh, off slightly better than rebel wilson but he does look uncomfortable when he's doing it the whole time but but also watching him do it live uh-huh. watching him do it on the behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. oh man that looks great i want to see that i want to see idris elba dance uh-huh we don't see that we see an animated character mimicking nude the panther dance moves of idris elba um, but he he looks like a great he looks like he, he'd be a lot of fun to watch on mm-hmm. on stage i'd love to see him in something um. So he is kidnapping all the other cats because he wants to be chosen to go to the heavy side lair, the which is choice. which is like he he would die and then be born again as a different cat. It's unclear what happened. It's like you get another chance, but where it you you only see Jennifer Hudson float up in her chandelier hot air balloon. Yeah. To apparently that like. Cat eyes cloud is the heavy side layer, according to Tom Hooper. It's, to be clear, it's going to sound to when we say it, and it's going to sound in the movie <laughs> like they're saying layer, L A I R. No, it's heavy side layer. layer of the atmosphere. Yeah, up, 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 up to the heavy side layer. layer. But they they sing it layer. Yeah. So it's very confusing. It's very confusing. Um, I mean, not that either one makes yeah, more sense. Yeah, the idea would it would they would get reborn, but like you would think that among all the jellical cats, there's like one or two who have like 
Is Victoria a recently reborn is, is anyone from the last Jellicle choice? It's not. Yeah. Can Kate, what? how would you describe McCavity? Um, McCavity. If you had McCavity, one word to uh, describe McCavity. Meow. What about if I give you another word? Ineffable. What about one more? McCavity. <laughs> when, when, oh my Zelda, God. when he kidnaps people, they both disappear and you just hear him go. McCavity. He just says a word. Ineffable. And it's it like meow. And sometimes he repeats a word, like yeah. he says ineffable twice yeah. and McCavity twice. Yeah. It's McCavity. It, and it's just the most ridiculous. Yeah. And w- like uh, although my favorite one that he actually doesn't say anything t- is Yeah. Uh, at the end of Skimbleshanks. So Skimbleshanks is a railway cat who's dressed like Freddie Mercury and Mario. With a Mario engineer hat. And he, he tap dances. He does a tap dance. He starts spinning at the end of his tap he dance. Start, he, he's been tapping, tapping, tapping. Then he does a tap spin. And then he starts lifting off the ground. And he keeps spinning like a corkscrew all the way up. And you're like, what? Uh, this is higher than a normal cat could jump. And then he goes almost to the ceiling. And then poof, magic dust. Just disappears. And now he's on the boat. So he can uh, tap dance fight while James... Corden is throwing hairballs at Growl Tiger oh in God. order to keep Judy Dench from walking the plank James on this Corden boat in the middle Rebel of the town. James Corden and Rebel Wilson do not shut up this whole movie. They just keep improvising and it keeps being terrible. I feel like Tom Hooper has never, like, like he's someone who's, like, never gone to an improv show. So he's, like, impressed by anyone who even I think, tells him, like, I think, I'm improvising. Tom I think Hooper's Tom like, Hooper oh. has never seen comedy. Or, or maybe a musical. So when... No, Tom Hooper saw Cats when he was 10, and he's wanted to do this since then. I will stand by that Tom Hooper has not seen a musical. But Rebel Wilson says things like, oh, I could dance like that if I wanted to. Oh, do you think he's been neutered? Like, she doesn't say neutered. She goes snip, snip, right? No, she says neutered. She says neutered. Because some of those notes are high. Yeah. You know, snip, snip. They shouldn't have allowed them to That's the jokes. That's the jokes, everyone. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Tom Hooper's like, I've never heard a joke before. Let's put it in the there. The one they should have put in was one that I read about where James Corden, after Growl Tiger introduces himself in like a 10 second song that he improvised. Oh, are you just introducing yourself? That's what I just did. Uh, it's already been done. <laughs> like, Which that's funny. I didn't mind Corden's joke about uh, the River Thames. It doesn't rhyme with because the guy yeah. the guy rhymes Thames with something Ames. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it's kind of a I don't know. It's kind of a joke about how the musical does a slant rhyme. Uh-huh. I don't. So it's terrible. <laughs> um, Kate, are, do we have anything else? Can we just go to the the final? I cut? I think we can go to the final cut. We I just I want to say we've dragged you, down these movies enough. If you haven't seen Lion King twenty nineteen good don't if you haven't seen cats you should see it it's, see it with friends like we actually did in quarantine yeah. we did like a live text with a bunch of our friends who had never seen it before yeah it was super fun and if you if you like like i love i love watching bad movies i think it's really fun to do this is in that like small pocket of movies that yeah. are so bad like there are so many wild choices being made yeah that it, it is the train wreck you cannot look away from not like the train wreck where you're like, 
Oh, like every 10 minutes there's something really funny that's happening. Yeah, like this is this is up there for me with like a Trolls 2 or like a The Room, um, the room or a Birdemic. The, the Apple. Oh my God. Yeah, this, I want to see this. This is, I think this is more minute for minute entertaining than the Apple. The Apple's got some Ooh. dead, it's got some dead space. The problem, the, the part all, the, the problem with this movie as a, Haha, isn't this so bad? It's so fun. Mm-hmm. Is that Jennifer Hudson really knocks it out of the park? So, She's I mean, so good. should we start with scene shout out? Nope. Well, first, oh. Oh. this is our final 12 minute alarm. Great. Uh, Kate says, let's, well, there we go. Let's say something nice about cats or Lion King. Let's, uh, scene shout out is say what we're going to say. something nice first. Um, uh, honestly, cats is entertaining. Yeah. We, we will watch it again. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we bought it the Blu ray. Cause it is what, and I and I think some of it is the performance. Like we already mentioned, there's really talented dancers, but yeah. like Jennifer Hudson is giving her all, she, and like she's so good. Yeah, and I don't my, like Robbie Williams or Robbie Williams. Robbie different Benson. Robbie. Robbie Benson. Robbie Fairchild. Really fun to watch his <laughs> facial expressions. Yeah. Um, and the choreography we should say is Andy Blankenbuehler, mm. who's t- like multiple Tony Award winning. Now. Yeah. Because he did In the Heights, right? He, he did... He did Hamilton, for he sure. He definitely did Hamilton. He did Bring It On. He did Bring It On. Yeah, he's... And he's... I feel like he's choreographed... Like, after Hamilton, I feel like he choreographed everything for a while. Yeah, he did He did the um, Broadway revival of Cats that mm-hmm. was open for, like, a year. Yeah. And then they realized, oh, people won't Don't pay really for this anymore. This. But, yeah, the so the choreography is, is great. It is, yeah. Uh, it's, like... Again, like amazing talent in this movie. And these dancers they, are spectacular. We watched a feature at where Blankenbuehler was really excited that like these giant sets are just playgrounds for yeah, choreography. Like it is a scene partner. This like big chair is a, is a mm-hmm. you know scene partner for you. And and I feel like I I see that like yeah. And if if it wasn't completely digitaled over mm-hmm. so that I don't get any of the thrill right. of the dance right. Then it would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So, Kate, you ready for the final cut? I'm ready for the final cut. Let's start with a scene shout out. Let's start with you and start with cats. So, do you have another one besides the one we just started? Absolutely. Great. I will shout it out. Um, Jennifer Hudson is great in memory. Yeah. Um, she is giving, you know, Anne Hathaway Fontaine-level energy through this whole thing. And Anne Hathaway Fontaine-level snot. Doesn't always work because nope. it's not all I dreamed a dream in memory. Um, <laughs> there are some other scenes in there that like, maybe dial it back a bit. But memory works really well. She starts it understated and really, like, weak. And then by the end, with that key oh, change, that... When she hits that... It's so easy. Like so much power in that voice. And this is this has been spoken about that like Katz has done these like rowdy screenings at Alamo Draft House and um, Natalie Walker. I would if you have not been following Natalie Walker or listening to every single thing, every single single interview that she has given about Katz. She's not in Katz. She just is obsessed with it and has the best commentary on it. She's she is was it Flophouse. that the, we listened to. She was on the Flophouse, yeah. Episode of Cats. Great. Really good. Great She's got some great stories. Podcast. Yeah. Um, and Natalie Walker is is a, a theater person. Yes. And she will say, she's like, even in the rowdy screenings, that like memory, the theater goes silent. Mm-hmm. Like no one is laughing. 
because we are all there to enjoy that scene. It's so good. Which is like the one genuinely good scene and song yeah. in the movie. And Jellicle Cats is very catchy, but it's yeah. it's uh, chaos. Um, yeah. Memory's a good song. Yeah. Uh, and Jennifer Hudson sings the sings the Jesus out of it yeah. and is really good. Yeah. Chills. Uh, so I'm gonna do like I'm gonna do a quick like runner up mm-hmm. um, because we didn't mention it. There's a new song in Cats. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, there's there's yeah, there's, yeah. there's a new song in Lion King. There's a new song in Cats that we forgot to mention. Uh, it is by Andrew Lloyd Webber and lyrics by Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. It's called Beautiful Ghosts. Mm-hmm. It comes uh, before. Memory or after memory? It is before memory, but it's after like the pre pre. Like you've already yeah. heard. Da, 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 yeah, Jennifer da. Hudson sings like a yeah. a small version of memory mm-hmm. before she comes out and sings the big one. Each cat kind of like sings the song of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, beautiful ghosts. Uh, really, really nice song. Really nice, really nice. It's got scene. it's got a nice melodic, very hook. catchy. Yeah, yeah, and I like the beautiful go- i like the idea of beautiful ghosts being like your good memories mm-hmm. i like i like that yeah the the message itself is a little problematic it's, but it's a little bit of a problem but mm-hmm. uh, it's fine yeah so like a little mini shout out because i surprisingly like that mm-hmm. my scene shout out mm-hmm. is skimble shanks mm-hmm. um his entire scene is a blast because mm-hmm. you start with it's robbie fairchild right is Skimbleshanks? No, no. Robbie Fairchild is the Monko's job. Yeah. Yeah. So Robbie Fairchild is like, I've, he starts singing about this guy Skimbleshanks. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, is Robbie Fairchild Skimbleshanks? And then no. Freddie Mercury slash Mario mm-hmm. with a big mustache yeah. comes out and he's Skimbleshanks. And he does so, like a. And when we say Freddie Mercury, we yeah. mean he's wearing bright red pants and red suspenders. Yeah. And that's it. Like. Yeah. And, and like a hat. Yeah, like a like a train conductor hat, and, but it's red. And it, this guy comes out, and he does a, a hell of a tap dance. Mm-hmm. He leads everyone down like a railway into which is the like, train first. Into then, the train, yeah. yeah. And and like the song is like kind of fun because uh-huh. again, like these lyrics are a, are cute little poems about cats. So this cat is a cat that works on a train. Like in in train lines, they would have cats to like take care of the mice problems Mm. so if there were like mice you'd have a cat on the train the cat would eat the train mice Uh uh-huh but the poem imagines him as like oh uh, you know like if you see a cat walking around you might be like oh look at him he thinks he's doing this he thinks thinks he's he's people so in this case it's like he thinks he is the one keeping the train safe and making sure everything runs on time and Mm -hmm. making sure everyone's happy that's a cute little poem and I think this is the one song where that comes across. Mm. I think yeah. it's the one song where it's successful because it's campy and silly. Yeah. And this cat is like super full of himself and self-important. Mm-hmm. And you see like, oh yeah, he's, he's just a cat on a train. That's mm-hmm. literally it. And I think that's, that's a lot of fun. And this song gets stuck in my head because it's, it's like the orchestration is really good. Like mm-hmm. it's really well done. And it's the one same that I kind of feel like is ghost directed by Boz Lerman, mm. who should have directed this movie because yeah. he would have been amazing at it. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's that's my scene shout out. I love the Skimble Shanks. Yeah, I also want to give honorable mention, and I yeah, meant to do, do this in the plot. Yeah, you do. I I understand. You like it better than I do. Magical Mister Mistopheles is the only song in this movie that tells a story while it is being sung. Yeah. It is the only song that doesn't completely stop whatever like kind of plot there is um, to just introduce someone else I don't care about um, because he is attempting to get old Deuteronomy back to the Egyptian theater off the boat. And so each time in the musical, this song is just singing magical Mr. Mistopheles like it's, 18 times in a well, row. It, it's not, but sure. Um, it's a song. It is a song with... And is he doing magic in it just yeah, like for he's, fun? he's doing magic. He's okay. a magical cat. Yeah. He's being introduced. He does some magic. Um, it's basically the same song as Skimbleshanks yeah. or yeah. Rumtum Tugger. It's a cat. He's introduced. He does his thing. Well, here it is reimagined, which I think works better in like the first half of this scene. Sure. It is reimagined as a pep talk for magical Mr. Mistopheles, yeah. who isn't that good at magic. Like... And he's getting Except like very nervous before this scene and after this yeah, scene, he where does he's amazing for at Gus it. and stuff. Um, but he's like getting nervous, and there's a lot of pressure. And yeah. so they keep on singing it. Then they'll get to the end of the chorus, and then nothing will happen. And then yeah. they'll start over again and give him a pep talk. Now it happens a few too many times, mm-hmm. and it breaks up. You know what you have argued is like one of the strengths of the song is like this flow of the chorus. Yeah, when you get to do it a bunch of times, the, it's really the jazzy and fun. Of that, like, yeah. It's, it feels like a big brass, like, yeah, yeah, um, so I get it, but I, I liked that there was thought into like, oh, could we tell a story with one of these songs? Yeah, it was the one song Let's that, try it. that kind of was a musical. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, because we each gave two for cats, can we just skip over Lion King scene no. shout outs? <laughs> uh, and... I'll let you start with Lion King if you want to. Yeah. Um, that way I don't somehow take yours. Okay. So uh, this... Keep in mind, whatever you say, I will hold it against you for the rest of your life and remind you, oh yeah, you really liked the Lion King. You said this. No, it, that's okay because I don't think you can do it for this scene. We'll see what happens. Um, in the original... Uh, Timon and Pumbaa are sent to be a distraction from oh, the hyenas. Yeah, this is... Uh-huh. See, you can't use it because oh, you hate sucks. it. sucks. Um, uh, they are sent to be a distraction by the hyenas. Timon says, what am I going to do? Put on a, you know, dress and drag and do the hula. And then they do a cute little hula song. Um, instead of that here, what they do, and you're expecting that, right? Like, you know it's the moment. This is one place where I maybe know what's going on in yeah. the movie. So you're expecting that. And then you hear, bum, 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 mesdames et messieurs, bum, bum, bum. And you're like, oh, that's clever. Not really clever, but like, oh, it's Be Our Guest. They're doing a little show. And then once it would normally go to the song, then they run screaming away. And if you're going to do some kind of reference, like, that's cute. This movie is unsalvageable anyway. So I'll take a Disney reference that I can get because I haven't, like, like you said, I think Billy Eichner and um, Seth Rogen are one of the more successful parts of this movie yeah. if you're looking at the whole thing. 
I don't think it means that they are successful, but in relation to everything else, they're watchable. Right. <laughs> um, and I think this is a moment where it's taking advantage of that, of just like, well, great, let's let's have them sing a Disney song. It works here, yeah. and we can slide it in. And I didn't mind that moment. It's It was a new idea that didn't make me scream at the TV. There's it made a- me chuckle instead of, what are you doing? There's a, Why can't I see Mufasa in that cloud? There's a rule that, that I feel like I first heard on Mystery Science Theater uh, where they said, never remind me of a good movie in the middle of your bad movie. <laughs> yeah. So, I, But I don't know if you're reminded by live action Beauty and the Beast. Like, <sighs> may, yeah. Does that undo I mean, that's, it? <laughs> that's fair. If so you remind me of a bad movie like in the middle of your bad, bad movie. movie. <laughs> or possibly better. Because I liked Luke Evans in that. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. Okay. Uh, so now I have to shout out a scene. You sure can. Okay. It's the poop. It's the you poop. are joking. I am joking. I hate the poop scene. It's, it's so dumb. Super dumb. Oh, but you know who loved the poop scene? Uh, Elton John. No, he didn't. Elton John loved the poop he did scene. Not love John the poop Favreau scene. said so. He said, uh, yeah, when Elton saw this, he, he called this scene out specifically. Uh, because Elton was looking for the one thing he could remember that was different. And he probably just says, like, yeah, that was different. He's certainly not going to mention Alan Menken. <laughs> uh, so here's here's what I'll say. Um, the There are some really fun scenes in Hakuna Matata Land. Okay. Um, where, like, they're... There are a bunch of different animals like busting up anthills to eat grubs mm-hmm. and stuff. And they are colorful and fun to look at. Do you like that they have voices? Nope. <laughs> I do not. That was one of the times where I screamed at the TV. You remember where that lemur jumps and it like catches a bug in midair or something? Not really. We'll, we'll watch this again. That's maybe nice. There's a lemur. It jumps. It catches like a bug in midair. It's got big old eyes. I'm so hungry I could eat an antelope. What? Says the <sighs> antelope. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're... Way to ruin a joke. We're suddenly Lion King devolves into like a Kevin James movie. <laughs> like Zookeeper or something. I understand the part about the colors. Yeah, it's the only time I get to see a color that's not brown Yeah. in this movie. Or brown, gray. gray or like grays. faded green. Yeah, this movie is like every video game from the xbox 360 era where it's like oh we can make browns and grays like so much so that i have thought that i missed the final circle of life both times i saw the movie i'm like oh did i like fall asleep or did we turn it off before because that that iconic moment in the original where like the pride lands have been desecrated by scar and then you see that like quick wash of brown to green where everything's grown back. Yeah. I think they kind of do that in this version, but it goes from like gray brown to just brown brown. To like a green brown. Like, but not even green. Yeah. <laughs> so I've... Hey, Kate, yeah. who's your MVP? Hmm. Um, Jason Derulo. Okay. Uh, why not? I, he sings that super high soprano note in Mr. Mistopheles too, yeah. which is hilarious. Yeah. Like he does it well. It shouldn't be there, but. Uh, but he does it. And like, I feel like I have fun when I'm watching him in a way that I don't with uh, almost anyone else. That's fair. Yeah. Um, Like, I kind of want to get it fit to Taylor Swift for being like 
surprisingly good. Uh, and in interviews. And her interviews, like, she's the only one that understands cats. I and think. that is inclusive of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to give it to Ian McKellen because mm. I genuinely love his performance mm-hmm. in Cats. Uh, and I think he's the only cat that looks decent. Yeah. Um, but if I'm really going to give this performance, it's going to be uh, to uh, John Favreau. Uh because uh, he does the, quote, big bass drum <laughs> at the beginning and end of Lion King, where it does that circle of life. Boom. John Favreau uh, played that, quote, big bass drum. Hans Zimmer let him. Hans Zimmer let him. Um, no, if I'm going to give a, if I'm going to give a, like a real uh, MVP, uh I'll give it to Francesca Hayward okay. or Haywood. I forget. Mm-hmm. She did great. Uh, she, it's like, I think her first film. Yeah. It uh, it's Cats. And like for like all the expression on people's faces, she had almost no lines and a super expressive face. I think she did a great job yeah, of what like, she had. I, d- I think there's arguments to be made that, like, was it you who said that she always looks like she has to pee? Or yeah, she stands else? like she has yeah. to pee. Um, it's, it's the way she, her, like, it's like, I'm sure, uh, like, a, maybe a cat thing or maybe like a ballet a stance. A dancer thing, yeah. But it just looks like she has to pee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it. That's Good. who. Who would have thought that we'd be dubbing Cats a better movie than anything? Well, we're not there when yet. When we saw Cats. Okay. Uh, crossover. Oh, boy. Who are you crossing over? I, um... I've, I think I've got mine. I might, um... What if the lyricist of The Lion King... And the composer of Cats got together and like looked at the New Testament and okay, but but really, <laughs> um, I think. Are you talking I, about Joseph? I said New Testament. Thank you very much. I don't know which testament Joseph is in. Old. I don't know the Bible. It's all there in chapter thirty-nine of Genesis. Oh, that's the first the first thing. First book. I know Matthew. Yeah, Mark, Joseph's early on. Luke. John, Paul, Peter, Ringo. John, James. Um, what would I do here? I might just send Hans Zimmer and Taylor Swift off to make a new song because I think it would be fine. Yeah, actually. Because Hans Zimmer does some good work in this new... He like fleshed out some orchestrations. Oh, yeah. The, or, the, the score, if, if, you, if you get the soundtrack mm-hmm. and you don't listen to the, 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 the sung songs... Yeah. Are are not great, uh, any of them. No, but the the score, just like the orchestral, yeah. background music is so beautiful. He's had twenty five years to and, like tweak it, and, and he probably had a bigger budget for a bigger yeah. orchestra yeah. for this. So it just sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hans Zimmer super talented. I also think Taylor Swift is super talented as a songwriter, mm. and I would love to see, like, musical theater. What collaborations they could do. Yeah. Um. Because I think it would be similar. I think Hans Zimmer could make a Taylor Swift song sound more theatrical in the way that he did with Elton John songs. Um, So yeah, I want to... 
I didn't realize this was like a Beyonce versus Taylor Swift thing, but Taylor Swift wins because they let her do more things. Yeah, that's like yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So here's my crossover. Mm-hmm. I take uh, Jenny Any Dots mm-hmm. and James Corden, cat. Okay, and I cross them over uh, to the Lion King. They're just in a jungle somewhere. They're just in a jungle. And I replace them (laughs) with Timon and Pumbaa. Okay. All right. Uh, So we've got like some real fun characters. And then I get rid of, I I take Scar and I guess he can be in Cats. He did a lot of crossover. And um, McCavity is now the bad guy. Scar! McCavity is now the bad guy of the Lion King. (laughs) So that he looks different. He talks different. And maybe he'll sing a song instead of just speaking oh, pre-prepared aloud. They did that. Not a solid. They were going to take be prepared out. Do you think yeah. it's better? No. What they can, you just would have. Because right now it's, it's basically like it ends up just being kind of like a fascist army chant he just, without any melody. He talks be prepared. Be and prepared, then the only prepared. thing he does is say be prepared. Yeah. That's the only part that's sung. And there are it's no just, marimbas. Like, it's just a wash. It's, it's, yeah, no. If you're not going to do it, don't do it. That's, I think there's an fine. argument. I think it. there's an argument for at least four songs in this movie, but I think there's an argument that Be Prepared is the best song in The Lion King. Yeah. Um, it's a and great song. Doing this to it. It's, and it's a Disney villain song, which mm-hmm. are like the most important. Anyway. Oh, 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 no. Oh, 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 my God. We didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about it. Hey, Kate, look outside for me. Describe it. (laughs) Describe the outside. Well, since it's like sunshine and a blue sky and everything is bright, I would say, um, you know, stealing through the night. It's it's tonight, right? Yeah, it's nighttime. Tonight. Can you feel the love tonight? Can you feel the love tonight? Is entirely in the daytime. Now, like in in the original, it like starts in the day and then ends at night. Mm-hmm. But in the twenty 29- nine, it starts at dusk. It starts at dusk and ends at night. And ends at night. In twenty nineteen, it starts at dusk and ends at like slightly brighter dusk. Yeah, a brighter dusk somehow. The it's it's, it's not mm. even dusk. I mean, they yeah, like night's uncertainty must have been the guiding principle. Like, can <laughs> we just say if if you're doing, can you feel the love tonight? It should happen at night. So I would, Favreau did not mention nighttime during this. Like I was waiting for him to be like, well, we're at the equator. So daylight hours are yeah. different. Which I and- looked, which I looked up. Kenya right now is a uh, 630 sunset. Yeah. So yeah. It, thinnest device. Uh, it, it is ridiculous it's so to hear them singing that. Like it further disservice to yeah. Donald Glover and Beyonce that they sound like fools yeah singing this song during yeah. daylight like it's ridiculous oh man what a ridiculous what what a tremendous waste of resources oh what's our what do we got next well dick we did our crossovers this oh it's is the time, time for the final final cut cut okay kate <laughs> yeah. we'll start with you and we'll start let's start with lion king we'll st- okay we'll start right? with lion king. i think we should okay. start with lion king yep do you re-release this perfect movie lion king in the 2019 2019 do you re- re-release this perfect movie in the theaters the way it was do you do some sort of special edition where you make it longer because you want more of it or do you throw it in the vault never to be seen again vault 
Vault. Just done. Vault. Just nothing redeemable. Just go. Vault. Fair. Do you, want to, say, do you want to say more? Not. Uh, no. Great. The animators learned, like, right, the digital for technology is impressive. They look like lions, and yeah. that's the major weakness of it. Um, and so, like, if you vaulted, it doesn't mean it never happened. They still learned all that technology. They might be able to use it for an actual thing. We just never see this again. I just don't know what you use this for. Yeah. I guess if, like, we can never go outside again because of quarantine, you can mm-hmm. continue making nature documentaries. <laughs> yeah. That would be the only use for it, right? right. Like, I don't want to see these characters anywhere no. else. What characters? Right. Right. Yeah. Vault. Okay, so I've been thinking about this. Because there's a version of this movie that I would be interested in seeing, which is no talking, no singing, just like Hans Zimmer and Lebo M's scores behind... Like, lions doing the movie, but not talking and singing, just doing the things that are in the movie. And I think that would be interesting to see. Do I think it would be good? Nah, probably not. Yeah. So, do I want that special edition? Uh, and I've been thinking, like, oh, you know what? It this I would love to see, a, like, Hollywood Bowl performance or, or, like, a table read. where. So that's the thing with this cast right. is that it's not a bad cast. I would love to see Donald Glover read, read Simba. Read for Simba or sing for Simba. But then I'm thinking, like, do I really want that special edition? And no, I don't. I, I vault it. Yeah. This is in the vault. I, yeah. I don't care to see it again. It's pretty easy. Like, it is not entertaining. It yeah. is not redeemable. It is actively... Uh, it's bad. Yeah. It just, it just sucks. Kate, what about cats? Cats? I, I think the, I, I think we're going to end up on a similar page to this. What about the critically panned movie, Cats? Now, ho- hold on. Real quick. I just want to check uh, Rotten Tomatoes to see... Which got worse reviews, Cats or The Lion King? Before we, before we talk sure. about this, is that is that acceptable? Sure. Okay, so Cats on Rotten Tomatoes uh, ended up with a twenty percent. Is that critic or is that That's overall critic? Uh-huh. An audience score of fifty three. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Let's see, The Lion King. The Lion King. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Got a. 53% with an audience score of 88%. 88%? No one I know enjoyed this. No, but no one I know rates things on Rotten Tomatoes. Right, so. that's true. So um, yeah, which which of these movies... Uh, I mean, these rowdy screenings are the way that Cats is meant to be seen, yeah. right? It's So it is re-release. I guess it's special edition if you're going to say it's a rowdy screening, like come right. in your cat ears and... Yell at the screen at different times, like and... like Rocky Horror, right? Like a midnight show of Rocky Horror, mm-hmm. like come in your cat ears, throw some litter at the screen or mm-hmm. whatever, catnip. Yeah, um, yeah, it it's it's entertaining. Yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah. Is that for you too? No. No. Ooh. Special edition. I want to see a version of this. Um, same cast, same everything. Uh, except instead of a fully digital version, I just want to see them wearing costumes. Mm. I want to see them wearing costumes and face makeup. Yeah. Um, because there are so many great dancers that 
I know I'm not appreciating mm-hmm. because it's it's like a digital character, and like it's not impressive for a digital character to do a spin, right? Yeah. Or to do a jump or or, or whatever. Well, right. I thought they were. Not jumping, like right. I didn't know they were on harnesses and yeah. fly systems. Like, but, but even even just like jumping in the air, right? Right, like if someone does a really cool like jump, right, in ballet. Right. I don't know what the words are, but if someone does like a really cool cool move in mm-hmm. ballet, that's really impressive when you see a human do it. Mm-hmm. But when you see a digital creature do it, you're like, well, yeah, but this creature could literally do anything. It's right. digital. Right. Dancing has never really impressed me that much in animation at all, Mm -hmm. but especially digital animation where Mm -hmm. everything's like a little floatier. So I want a special edition where I just get to see the actors act because I think Tom Hooper is the only person who did badly in Cats. And I don't don't think it's a great... We were saying this last night. I was asking the question that like if they had successfully done the digital uh, effects that they wanted to, which essentially looks like what you're saying, makeup and costumes. Like, would this be a bad movie? Like, the visual effects ruin it. Yeah. Just ruin it. And it's not the visual effect staff. Right. It is Tom Hooper's weird way of doing things and running out of time and money. And, um... But yeah, like like I said, the staging is not bad. Like, is this a kind of okay movie? That's really interesting. Um, I mean, it's still cats. Yeah, it's still it's cats. Ri- it's ridiculous, but it's supposed to be ridiculous. Right. Like, and, and again, like my my other special edition option would be redo the entire thing, but with Boz Luhrmann at the helm. Like, I mean, he, that would be a totally he, different movie. He did Moulin Rouge, and that movie is campy and ridiculous and silly, with a couple of serious moments, mm-hmm. and that's what Cats is. But Boz Luhrmann succeeded. Where Tom Hooper spectacularly failed. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to push back and say that Moulin Rouge is better written than Cats. No, I, but yeah, I, I agree with that. <laughs> but like, he manages to go from a weird, uh, spinny love song where the moon is singing opera. Yeah, he goes from that to a very serious scene where a character is dying. Right, and you go with him on that journey. Mm-hmm. He makes that transition successfully. Mm-hmm. But Tom Hooper does not yeah. because he's so focused on, I don't know, realism or consistency or something. Well, and going back to like, these are both misunderstandings of yeah. their source material. Right. The way, like the, one of the reasons we couldn't get through more than like 10 minutes of Tom Hooper's commentary yeah. was he's taking this so very deadly seriously and adding so many layers to it in terms of motivation yeah. where like, Andrew Lloyd Webber famously told his producer when he started yeah, doing that, so like, he, oh, it's about, like, stratospheres of British yeah, class. Yeah, the, the, the producer, um, Hal, Prince. Hal Prince, is like, Andrew, I, I don't get it. Is this is this about the British ruling class? It. Is this about the, the royal family? Andrew, but Hal is about cats. It's about cats. That's it. That's it. And so, like, it's, I've... It's cute poems about cats. Mm-hmm. That's that's what the source material is. That's what the the Broadway version is. Mm-hmm. Is it's it's cats singing about being cats. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. And, and you can tr- like it or leave it, but yeah. what? But, but to try and make it something more, it just doesn't work. It's a yeah, it's a fail of epic proportions. Same with Lion King. Yeah, and no one wants singing lions. No one asked 
for that. No one asked for that. But speaking of asking for things, if you'd like to ask hey. us to uh, put to no, put I a mean, movie or a pairing, um, no one asked for this episode except for the two of us. Yeah, so we needed to talk about this. I'm if sure you want you us to tell. talk about other movies that are um, good, but yeah, like if you have something you want us to to take a look at, whether it's good or bad, yeah. if, if you're like, yo, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. I need someone to to <laughs> analyze it. We're happy to do that. Um, yeah, so if you have something, uh, an animated movie uh, that you want us to talk about or a pair of animated mm-hmm. movies you want to talk about, you can hit us up at Cellmates Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, cellmatespodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We also have a website that will eventually evolve into something a little more than it is right now, but eventually. I'm trying to be productive in quarantine, but I am not being productive in quarantine. And that website is cellmatespodcast.com. That's correct. Absolutely it is. Well, Dick. Yeah, We've read you, Dick. I'm looking straight out at you with my two eyes staring at you. And I want to tell you, a cat is not a dog. Yeah, that's true. And I'm going to keep staring at you for 15 minutes. Like Judy Dench does at the end of the movie. Like Judy Dench does at the end of the movie. You think it's done. It's it's weird that uh, Taylor Swift has like a English accent. Yeah, it's not very good. For part of it. (laughs) But she doesn't for the rest of the song. Just the... My cavity is not there. I think she thinks she does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for Selma's podcast, I'm Dick Ward. Kate Phillips. Uh, thanks so much, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. My cavity. Now. <laughs> 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 Breath support. I'll show you. (laughs) All right. Stairs up or down. Either is a nightmare. Either way is a nightmare. Mm. Well, there goes our plan. Well, okay.